Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Kevin Carius from Global Television joins me in studio now. We got the World Series game on the TV. Astros leading the Dodgers 1-0 in the bottom of the third. You know, one of the first great Canadians in the major leagues was Terry Poole. Broke in with 19, in 1977. Played all but one of his seasons with the Houston Astros. Over 1,500 games in the bigs. Now a coach at a college in Houston. And how about this? Pleased to welcome Terry Poole to Inside Sports. Terry, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Just uh, driving around uh, in, in Texas, uh, about 68 to 70 degrees here. It's just a beautiful day. Well, that sounds incredible. Now, I, I, I hope this is okay that you still want to do the interview after I tell you this. I got another guy from Melville sitting in the studio here. His name's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, perfectly fine. That's a good hockey name coming out of Melville. The Carriers family is well known over there. Well, thanks, Terry, and good to talk to you. It's been a long time. You were one of the very first interviews that I ever did in broadcasting uh, back in 1990 when I was at uh, CKOS TV in Yorkton. <laughs> the home of Linus Westbrook. Yes. Oh, geez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. You guys got you guys got the shared history. What were the what were the ball diamonds like in Melville, Terry? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. What what were the ball diamonds like in Melville? Oh, oh, we yeah, as we grew up, uh, you know, uh, the men of, of Melville really did a great effort of uh, making the you know the fields playable, and then of course they made the regional park, which uh, then. They had uh, we had state of the art fields at Malibu before we went out of Malibu. <laughs> it was like playing on pastures, so. though. <laughs> and and Peary Field was the best field going, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I didn't play much on Peary because uh, that was the senior diamond, and so most of my playing was done on the you know Sandlot uh, midget diamonds that uh, are in behind there. Uh, make great barbecue areas too <laughs> there, there you go well we want to talk about your journey from Melville to the to the big leagues uh, and obviously what you're doing now but first of all hey uh, your Astros are in the World Series what do you think of the game last night well I thought uh, Kershaw was uh, like we say Kershaw and uh, he was uh, outstanding and uh, Keiko made one mistake and that was pitching to uh, Turner uh, Turner's uh, you know he did it in the Cup Series uh, however, uh, you know, that's the first ball game. Um, you know, everybody's uh, probably got uh, on pins and needles a little bit. Better. They'll calm down, start playing uh, or hitting a little bit better. But uh, like I said, uh, Kershaw's a, uh, you know, he's, he's uh, not the, the 
the Cy Young winner every year because, uh, you know, he's incapable. We're with uh, Terry Poole from Melville, Saskatchewan, who played 14 years for the Houston Astros. And the Astros with a very storied um, history with uh, the L.A. Dodgers. None more so, Terry, than in 1980. Uh, can you take us back to that last few days of the season when the Astros were playing the Dodgers and then eventually into the one-game playoff? Yeah, we uh, had to go into Los Angeles for the last three games of the season. We were up by three ball games, uh, three uh uh, three wins on them on the, and so all we needed to do was win one ball game to clinch the division. Uh, and uh, needless to say, the Hollywood, in their way, uh, they would either hit a home run either in the eighth inning or the ninth inning to beat us. So they won in Hollywood fashion every night. So we end up after the regular season tied. So we got to play the extra game. We then have to use our number one pitcher at that time was Joe. Negro, who would have probably started game one this way he did not, but he started the game, uh, the extra game, uh, and I got to admit that uh, you know, the, the intensity of that, I just can't see it being any more at a World Series game than what that was. Uh, uh, as soon as they got a runner on first base, the crowd noise just went, you know, just escalated so high. You, you, it, was, uh, it was pretty special to be a part of that. It needs you know, as everybody knows, we ended up uh, uh, winning the ball game. I believe it was seven to one or six to one, and uh, so. Uh, but uh, it was it was one of those things that the Astros had finally won something as a team for the very first time, and it was just remarkable to be part of. Well, that's that's a great memory, and I love how you mentioned the intensity of that series and, and the significance it was for the Astros. But Terry, was there something to it too that? I mean, the Dodgers were popular in Los Angeles, but probably the rest of the National League West hated them. I mean, were they the team that was sort of the, the gremlin that everybody wanted to kill off, or what was that like? Uh, well, yeah, the Dodgers were, you know, actually a pretty good rivalry of ours. Because uh, we were having some pretty good series with them uh, from the previous year, 79. And, uh, I, in fact, my first ball game I ever played in against uh, the Dodgers was... Uh, uh, excuse me. First game in the big leagues was against the Dodgers, and mm. so you know, uh, that uh, a very storied uh, uh, organization and a very well-run organization, I might add. Also, uh, so it's, it's it is a little ironic now that the Houston Astros are in a World Series with them and are going to beat them. After the Astros uh, won that one-game playoff, Terry, you go up against the Phillies in 1980 in the NLCS. How close was that series? Well, we, uh, if you remember the the, the National League America uh, National League Championship Series, well, at that time was five games, and so we we played a five-game series, and uh, four of the five games went into extra innings and the other one was decided in the ninth inning. So you can't get it any closer than that. Uh, both teams played uh, remarkably well. Uh, so it was a well-played series. Uh, we just came out uh, on the short end of that. 
Terry Poole joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Grew up in Melville, Saskatchewan. Played for the over 1,500 games in the uh, major leagues, most of those with the Houston Astros. He's now a uh, coach of the Houston Victoria Jaguars, and we'll talk about that as, as we move along. You know, you, you were back in the postseason in 1981, and, and then you played that Mets team in 1986, and that's a team I can really remember, and uh, Jeff Perlman wrote that book about them called The Bad Guys Won. Is that how you look back at that 86 Mets team, Terry, the bad guys? <laughs> uh, uh, that was a very talented New York Mets team, and, uh, but I thought offensively it was our uh, the most talented Astro team I've ever played for. Uh, I think that uh, our 1980 pitching staff might have superseded our 86, even though it was still pretty stout. You don't get to the finals uh, rolling in with a mediocre pitching staff anywhere. And so it's a, uh, I think uh, whenever you have a New York involved in a series, uh, the media coverage is just enormous. Uh, for instance, uh, the American League Championship Series with the with the Yankees and the Astros. I was at games uh, uh, six and seven, and game six. I mean, people were so in in Houston. The people were so into this game right from the get go. It was a good example for me to to walk through the crowd and say, you know what, this this is the atmosphere it had to be like when we were in the Dome, because uh, it was the same uh, scenario. And then on the seventh game, from the seventh inning on, it was off the charts. So whenever you get a Yankee or a Met, uh, involvement in the series that really uh, skyrockets. We're with uh, Terry Poole from Malville, Saskatchewan. Uh, played 14 years for the Astros. And... Uh, Terry, you were probably widely regarded as the best positional player uh, before guys like Larry Walker came along to ever come from Canada. What did that mean to you to kind of be one of the trailblazers for Canadian baseball to make it to the majors? Well, you know, at the beginning, you really don't think about it, but after a while, you know, you start meeting some of the Canadians and all the other teams, and then all of a sudden there was a couple of years where there was no Canadians in the net, at least in the National League. I think uh, there was one pitcher for the... Angels, uh, but anyways, uh, uh, it was funny. I still remember a time when uh, later on in my career, uh, where we went into Montreal and uh, there was this young man sitting on the tire of the batting cage while they were taking BP. And uh, I walked up, and one of the announcers came up and said, "Hey, this guy's from Canada here. He uh, like to doesn't want to come up to you and talk to you." But uh, uh, it was Larry Walker, <laughs> and uh, you know. So it was uh, really kind of special to uh, meet him at such a young age. He's a really a fine guy, and uh, uh, you know that you know tremendous careers. You know, even though uh, like Votto, what he's done as a Canadian player too. You know, we tried to get Votto when I was a when I was a Canadian uh, head coach uh, for the Olympics, and uh, he was actually injured at the time. You know, you can only have AAA and on down. For the Olympics, and so uh, uh, I didn't get a chance to be with them. You know, of course, uh, you know Mike Saunders was a part of that team, and so I—that I, uh, was the, the first time I saw Mike. Was uh, he was a 19-year-old kid with the Seattle Mariners coming over there, and it, uh, we we had our first exhibition series, and we were short on outfield, so I played him in center field, <laughs> and Mike had a great series. I said, I got to see more of this guy, and. Uh, so I kept on playing him, and I started him all through the the series that we went down to Cuba. And 
And uh, as soon as we came back from there, I got, got on the phone with the Astros. I said, make a trade for Mike Saunders right now. He's 19, he's an A-ball. And, uh, you know, the Astros uh, kind of uh, said, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll look into it. But it never did happen. Sorry. <laughs> This is great, Terry, because, uh, I mean, your, your career has taken you to Houston, so you've spent now, you know, a large part of your life in the United States, but you're still a true Canadian because we ask you a question about yourself, and you start telling us about all the other great people you, you, you fit with. So you still got that Saskatchewan humility, eh? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a, that's a neat thing about baseball and uh, being in it for such a long time is that you get the opportunity to go places, meet people, and, you know, the Canadian players always have a chance. You know, they've got this thing about, you know, at least acknowledging each other. You know, and, uh, and that's, uh, that's really kind of a, I think, I hope that uh, this never ends. Uh, it's, it's very special. Terry Poole, former Houston Astro. More with him coming up. Inside Sports on 630. Chad, you're listening to Terry Poole, Canadian former big leaguer, mostly with the Houston Astros. Reed Wilkins, Kevin Carius in studio with Terry on the line. I'm hoping, Terry, you can remind me or uh, remember a couple of stories that you told me very long ago when I interviewed you uh, about 25 years ago. Uh, one was when you were pitch or you were batting against Ferguson Jenkins and I'm, I'm not sure if both these events yeah. happened at Wrigley Field but the other one was that all your friends came down to Wrigley Field they drove down from Malville yeah. to watch yeah. you do you remember both those two stories and can you share them with us yeah I do uh, and they did both happen at Wrigley Field uh, uh, of course uh, Fergie Jenkins was uh, at that time a shoe-in to be a uh, Hall uh, of Famer uh, he was pitching in Chicago, and he was at the tail end of his career. And I'm the hitter, and uh, I can't remember what the count was, uh, 1-0 or something like that. And he throws a breaking ball, and the ball breaks in on me and hits me right on my thigh and, and drops in front of home plate. And I'm kind of you know, jumping up and down because it got me just square into the thigh, and those, those actually, they hurt. Uh, so he comes down and picks up the ball, and he doesn't look at me or anything, but... He says, he says, sorry about that, Canuck. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, the other story is about uh, a couple of Melville boys, and uh, you know, I can even name some of the names. Uh, you know, we had a guy named Leonard Wassel, uh, a guy named Doug Senek, and a guy named uh, Ian Perrin. Uh, in fact, I think you're, you've got a distant role. Yeah. Well, at least he's relative with the family. Anyways, he's uh, Melville, the family. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, those three guys, they show up in uh, Chicago for, for a series early in my career. And, of course, you know, the boys all wanted to go. You know, at that time, you played day games in Chicago all the time. Uh, they didn't have lights. And so we <laughs> we played a day game, and then we said, oh, we're going out to So we went out to have a little party, all four of us, you know, just basically while well, we were 21 years old or something like that, or maybe even 20. Uh, I had to be 21 because it, so it was my first year. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, we, we go out and, you know, of course, Canadian boys are not scared of drinking a, uh, a beer here and there. So we, uh, we had a great time. I still remember getting back to the hotel at 6 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and I had to be on, I had a bus at 8.30 to go to the field, but we had had a few too many drinks, I think. And uh, so I get to the park, and I, I'm struggling. 
And, you know, we take batting practice. We play the, in the first inning. A ball's hit to me out in center field. And it really did take a bad bounce. And it came and it popped up and hit me in the chest. And the guy got run from first to second base. So I got, I got one of my 19 errors that day, but it wasn't mine. I still blame it on Senek, <laughs> Wassel, and Perrin. You know, that's, that's one for them. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, – and, and then after the game – you know, they, you know, we ended up, I actually had a great game. I went like four for six, and I got the winning head off of uh, Suter. And uh, they came back, and they were all ready to go after the game. I said, boys, I'm going back to the hotel. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know what's funny? But they funny. still talk about that. Oh, I bet they do. They yeah, still I... talk about that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, every time I, I've done uh, uh, banquets back in Melville that I always make them stand up through that whole story in front of the crowd and then blame them for that error. Well, uh, you mentioned Ian Perrin, and he was a real good hockey player. As you know, he went down and played, I think, at Wisconsin. He played in the States. So he, as you said, he was related to the Famlacks, who are related to the McClellans. And I'm not sure if you're aware, but Todd McClellan is the coach yeah. of the Edmonton Oilers here. So it's kind of the whole circle of, uh, yeah. of the, the in Melville there. Well, I didn't realize he was... Uh, 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 related to Tom, but Tom is from Melville, right? That's yeah. Todd is from Melville, yeah. yeah. Terry Poole yeah, joining us. And, uh, he, was, he, he actually coached in, with the Arrows in Houston. I still remember going That's into right. the dome one day and I saw him wa- walking ahead and I walked up to him. I said, uh, Hey, uh, I introduced myself and I said, uh, just, uh, just wanted to say hello to you. And, uh, and uh, so, you know, we started talking and it's I said, you're from Saskatchewan, aren't you? And uh, I didn't know he was from Melville. And, uh, and uh, he said, yeah. He, uh, I said, where in Saskatchewan are you? <laughs> and he said, Melville. I said, you're kidding me. <laughs> and, uh, and I said, well, where did you live? He said, on Fifth Avenue. And I said, well, we lived on Eighth Avenue. And uh, so anyways, to uh, make a long story short, uh, I, uh, he said that I, w- I came because my, my nephew was in the same class as him. And I came to speak to their class one time when he was in the fifth grade. <laughs> wow, that is amazing. Terry Poole joining us on Inside Sports, over 1,500 games in the major leagues, mostly as a Houston Astro. Terry, I, I got one more for you, and it's a standard one I ask a lot of ex-players. I just interviewed former Blue Jay Ed Sprague a couple days ago, and I asked him this. Uh, sometimes so some guys answer right away. Some need to think, so I'll throw this one at you. Who's the best player you ever played with, and who's the best player you ever played against? Well, the best player I ever played against was Andre Dawson. No mm. question about it. Uh, so, so just uh, he was the, uh, and uh, the, the one I, the whoever I played with. That's a tougher question because there's a, there's a couple of them that I would have to put up there. The best athlete I ever played with was Cesar Cedeno. Uh, the best uh, hitter I think I ever played with was uh, Jose Cruz. Um, and I think the best potential player I ever played with was Dickie Thon. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, some, some big name guys. And of course, I played with Nolan Ryan. He had played, he's one of the most fantastic baseball people. Uh, and teammate that you could ever ask for. I can't say enough about Nolan. And I just got one more for you too, Terry. What would it mean to the city of Houston to win this World Series? 
Well, in light of the hurricane uh, that came through here and uh, just shattered our world, uh, it's uh, it would bring a lot of great excitement. It already has. The playoffs already have. Um, however, it would be, you know, you hear stories about this where, you know, uh, cities have gone through some very tra- big tragedies and they end up winning a Super Bowl slash uh, World Series. Maybe it is our time, but, uh, you know, that uh, they had better start uh, turning around tonight, though, because <laughs> <laughs> you can't get down too bad, too far on these, though, because it, even though they say it's the best of seven, that's a pretty short series. Terry, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for connecting with Kevin and I and for all the listeners here in northern Alberta, and I'm sure listening online in Saskatchewan as well. All the best. Thank you so much. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just want to say hello to all the people north of you up at Barhead. That's where I was signed. Barhead and Westlock, we spent a little bit of time up there, so uh, don't know anybody up there anymore. But that was at, wish the, them well. that was at the Canadian Midget Championship, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Hmm. 1973. Awesome. Thanks, Terry. You're welcome. That was great. Former Houston Astro member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, Terry Poole, right here on Inside Sports. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, Inside Sports, 630 Chad. Reed Wilkins, Kevin Carius. So we just had Terry Poole on the show. Kevin, first of all, thanks for, yeah. for getting him to come on. Because I, I know you referenced it a few weeks ago, and you are going to try to track him down. So you got him. He coaches the University of Houston, Victoria Jaguars, a uh, college team. And he's an investment uh, guy down in Houston, too. So I ended up just phoning the firm or whatever you want right. to call it down in Houston, uh, sent an email, and uh, he called me back probably the next morning. Wow. So Well, you could tell he, he, he had no problem. He, problem. Yeah, I mean, we could have probably gone for an hour. But you kind of almost feel bad yeah. after a while because the guy's trying to get on with his life. But uh, uh, but you, the one thing we could have got into more probably, but it, we, he mentioned at the end, he was, quote-unquote, maybe not discovered, but but Alberta, Barhead, was a big part of his journey. It was the 1973 Canadian Midget Championship, and actually the team from Melville won which would be unheard of, too, when you think about a small little town. You're, that's kind of like a Hoosiers angle, to be honest with you, when you think who you're playing against. One of the things that I remember growing up in Melville was that even though Terry Poole was, like, when you know, when I was 10 years old and he was just getting into the major leagues in 1977 or whatever it was, um, everyone said that there were two or three guys on that team that were just as good as Terry Poole, if not better. And I remember one of the guys, his name was John Mazarek, and this guy could throw absolute bombs. He was just had a total arm on him. And Terry even says that to this day, that out of all the players that maybe Major League Baseball scouts missed out on was John Mazarek. I'm not sure if he had the, the drive and the will uh, like Terry did, uh, but uh, he was a very raw talent, that's for sure. Well, that was a that was amazing to get uh, Terry on, and we should we should always, I always say this to people because sometimes I mean you and I are cl- pretty close in age, mm-hmm. so you but there I, I got to remember sometimes we're talking to people younger than us. So if you want to look Terry up, it's P U H L. If people want to look up his stats, baseball reference, and all that stuff, he had a pretty really good career. And I mean, he was an, he was a very fast runner. He had a lot of stolen bases, and as he said in the interview. He committed 18, 19 errors in his yeah. whole career, which is, you know... Like he basically committed an er- 1.1 errors per season, yeah. if you average it. Like, I don't, it's crazy. Like, I mean, if they were handing out gold gloves back then, he's getting them. Yeah. 
you know. So he was that good of a player for Canadian baseball, and he was that, uh, as he said, like, how about Larry Walker? Didn't want to, because he was kind of nervous. Yeah. Because here's kind of one of the trailblazers in, in Canadian baseball, and Larry Walker ends up to be probably the best positional player to ever play baseball in the majors from Canada. And so much stuff we could have, uh, I mean, we're going to have to try to get him on again next year yeah. or something, but... Uh, if you, if you people are looking him up on YouTube, there's a video of him making a running catch in the, one of the middle innings of one of Nolan Ryan's no hitters because okay. Ryan had seven no hitters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he just was a streak into the gap to catch this line drive. And I mean, it was a middle inning catch, but still that could have killed the no hitter right there, and it went on to be a no hitter. Uh, Kevin Curious did Studio Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet, great to have Terry on. Oilers uh, off today. Um, Man, they only allowed five goals on that road trip. So they cleaned up the one end. You just got they just got to keep firing away. I just think. can't score right now. Yeah. And I mean, I out of all the things that's wrong with the team that you would think of, uh, you know, three months ago in the off season, this would probably be the least thing you would worry about because there's enough power there that they can break through. I think it's just going to be a matter of time, and once they can, uh, you know, they get a couple ugly ones, and then the floodgates, the floodgates will just open up. And if you just watched that game last night, independent, like if you hadn't watched any NHL games, you'd be like, wow, look at that goaltender. I mean, both Talbot and Murray were incredible, yeah, I thought. One of the best, you know, 2-1 games or 1-1 games you want to ever see, really. I mean, I mean the Matt Murray save, that's the best of the year right now already with the paddle on Latestu. There's no question about that. Yeah, it's a little lucky too, you think. But still makes a save and uh, one of the reasons why Pittsburgh won the game. Kevin, thanks for lining up, Terry. Thanks for coming in. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Right on. And Terry Poole's old team, the current edition of the Houston Astros, leading the Dodgers 1-0 middle of the fifth. Game two of the World Series, the Dodgers won last night. In the NHL, the Flames are up 3-2, or pardon me, the Blues are up 3-2 on the Flames. St. Louis leading Calgary 3-2 late in the second period. Also late in the second period, Blue Jackets with a 2-0 edge on the Buffalo Sabres. Oilers tomorrow against Dallas here on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 face-off show. The game will start at 7. Saturday afternoon at 1, the U of A Golden Bears football team has a chance to make the playoffs. I'm pleased to be joined by Golden Bears receiver Tyler Henry. Tyler, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. I'm going to dive right in here. You guys got the game coming up on the weekend. Uh, a playoff spot hanging in the balance for the Golden Bears football team, which would be great. Have, how much time have you spent this week explaining to family and friends and classmates the playoff scenario? Because there's a few different <laughs> possibilities, isn't there? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. And you know what? Everybody kind of thinks they've got to figure it out, and then I always am able to give them one more possible scenario. But, um, yeah, really, really cool. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just kind of focusing on what we control. And, I mean, yeah, we're just going to see how it all plays out. Well, you've, you've had a, a couple of very exciting games. I mean, let's flash back, first of all, to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I know you guys had that, uh, was it seven or eight overtimes last year, and then you had another overtime a game uh, against Regina a couple of weeks ago that uh, you guys were just short on. Uh, what was the tension like in that game? Yeah, that was a really good game. Um, intense. We seem to always find a way to play Regina really well and really, really close. <laughs> Pretty much every year that I've been around here, we've uh, we played Regina well. So, um, yeah, I mean, we expected that going into that last game we played them. And, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate we couldn't come through um, to the end. But we know that we can play with, 
with them and, and with really any of the teams in Can West. And so, yeah, like, it's just one of those things that, like, you know, our coach always tells us, like, you know, you can't blink in games like that. You can't uh, you can't let a moment slip. And uh, unfortunately, we were, you know, we weren't able to close it out. But, yeah, really fun one to play with either way. And, I mean, that's the kind of games you hope to play, right? So. And then, you know, you basically your season is on the line against Saskatchewan this past weekend, and you go out there and you win by 26. What can you say about the team stepping up in that game? It's such an important situation. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, it really shows a, a huge mark of improvement, I think. Um, you know, just I think it takes a certain kind of mentality to, to, to beat a team like that, right? It takes a certain level of confidence and um, preparation and, and just a mentality team-wide. Um, yeah, I think that really just demonstrates just like our growth throughout the year. I don't know if we had that right off the beginning, and yeah, we've grown so much as a team this year. And I mean, yeah, it was, I think that was on full display this last weekend. As yeah, we just went out and then just did our job, and you know, did it at a really high level. Tyler Henry from the U of A Golden Bears joining us on Inside Sports. They play the Calgary Dinos on uh, Saturday. I'll, I'll outline the playoff scenarios uh, in, a, in a second here. Uh, but you guys stand a pretty good chance of uh, getting into the postseason if some things go your way, which is which is pretty cool. Look, uh, you guys have uh, had some pretty good offensive showings, even in a couple games where you didn't get the win. Uh, and I don't want to discredit what you're doing in the receiving core or what uh, Nathan Rowe is doing. He's coming up to a thousand yards receiving. But what? Can, and you've played with him for a few years. I mean, what can you say about Ed Elnicki? He leads the Canada West in rushing by like over 500 yards on the second best guy. I mean, what can you say about this guy? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what? We have a we have a head coach who's a you know one of the best offensive linemen to play the game, and I think it's always been his plan to you know, be able to establish an awesome, dominant ground game. So, you know, we have, and, and Ed has been an amazing an amazing tailback for us for the last, you know, five years, and he's really peaking this year for us. And I think he's also, you know, it also represents how much growth we've had on the O-line too. Like, we have some of the best O-linemen in Canada West, um, and I think as a unit we are competitively the best unit on Canada West in, in our offensive line. So you put those two pieces together and, yeah, I think you get what we got, which is, you know, a really dominant ground game, and, and people have a really tough time playing with us up front. So, um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's where we're at offensively is not many people can stop us on the ground, and we take a lot of pride in that. Tyler, you, you got to go to camp with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What did that experience mean to you? How did it affect you? Well, I think it just kind of remind, like it just gives you a valuable lesson as to, you know, where things can go and, and what things look like moving forward. So, I mean, you would, you, I guess you adjust your preparation and you adjust the way you play the game accordingly. Um, and I think it was also just cool, I think, uh, whenever you get an opportunity to, um, yeah, just be rewarded for your hard work and um, acknowledged for where you're at, I think it, it gives you a new level of confidence in your play as well, right? So, um, yeah, I think just taking that moving forward, like, for me, it was just it was all about confidence and and uh, just seeing how the next level guys are preparing and how they're doing it and and just continuing to add that to my game and um, yeah, just be a valuable contributor to my team in any way I can, right? So. Well, awesome stuff. You know, all the best uh, going into the game here against Calgary. That's at McMahon, one o'clock Saturday afternoon. And uh, you've been a, you've been a great Golden Bear. Have you? Has there been any thought to what if this is the the last game, or how are you handling that possibility? You know, I kind of try not to think about that too too much. I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. I try to play every football game, especially this season. Um, but I try to play every football game like it might just be my last my last game. And 
And in this situation, you know, like it's my last, like my last season here. Um, so, you know, I think when you leave it all on the field, you don't have any regrets. Um, and I think, so I think that's where I'm at. But, yeah, I just try not to focus on what the implications are. So whether this is, um, you know, the beginning of an awesome playoff run, um, whether this is our last game as a Golden Bear, um, whether this is my last game of my career, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I think I just prepare for all my games lately here. Like, yeah, like they might just be my last. And so try to leave it all out there and, and just see where it takes me. Awesome stuff. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. Go get them. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you later then. Tyler Henry. Wow, great to have him on the show. Golden Bears receiver. So they play at the Dinos 1 o'clock on Saturday. Now, here's the thing. They beat Saskatchewan by 26. They lost to the Huskies by 26 earlier in the season. So that season series is tied. One win each, and the point differential are the same. They both have two wins. If Saskatchewan wins and the Bears lose, they get fourth. If both teams win, it comes down to overall point differential. That favors Saskatchewan, so Alberta would have to blow out Calgary, which is unlikely. If the Bears lose and Saskatchewan loses to Manitoba, it's a three-way tie with those teams at two wins each, and the Bears would get in. So the, actually, if the as long as Saskatchewan loses, the Bears get in. We'll follow that on Saturday. Great to have Tyler Henry on the show. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Oh, there we go. Dustin Kaufman bringing us back. It is October 25th. Two months until Christmas. And we got a big event coming up for 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Lana Nordland is the executive director of 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. Lana, thanks for coming on Inside Sports. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic, Reed. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. We often start talking at this time of year. I, I know your job is uh, getting very busy, and you do such a great job. And there is a, a huge sports connection we want to tell people about because uh, a lot's going to be going on Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium for the Eskimos and Stamps on Saturday. That's right. We'll have volunteers outside of the stadium, and this is uh, the last home game of the season. So that means it's Santa's Anonymous Day at uh, the stadium. And the volunteers will be outside collecting monetary donations as well as new toys. So just look for them. Uh, they'll have the Santa's Anonymous jerseys on. And it's a great kickoff. We had the toy run and now this. And that starts us going so that we're ready because the applications are already coming in for families who are requesting toys for the little ones this year. You know, when you say people can drop off a toy... What what are we looking at here? Uh, should it be something like for a real little kid, maybe uh, someone who's uh, you, you know more more of a teenage age, or what are we looking at? Well, we do toys for newborns all the way up to age twelve. We work with the Christmas Bureau of Edmonton, and they do the food hamper part or the gift card to the grocery store, and they also administer the Adopt a Team program for teenagers, which are thirteen to seventeen year olds. So they get a Walmart gift card. So what we're looking for now is from zero to age twelve, new toys, and just keeping in mind that um, we don't know the size a child is, so we don't gift clothes, and we don't know what a child has access to in the way of computer. So we want things that aren't breakable. Uh, so, you know, like Lego is wonderful. Uh, Jenga games are great. Uh, 
most of the toys we get are for the three to eight year old kids. So for the under the under threes, the you know the one and two year olds, something like stacking cups are very inexpensive. But the play value in those stacking cups are tremendous. They can play in the snow, in the tub, the colors, you know, coordination things. And for the older kids, you've got science kits and cat craft kits and basketballs and footballs and soccer balls and board games. There's there's lots of things that uh, that are out there that you don't uh, need to have a computer for and that that can create uh, some spark some imagination and get them outside playing too Wow, a lot of great ideas. So some ideas uh, for toys or a cash donation. Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, Eskimo Stampeders on uh, Saturday. On Saturday, of course, the game is at 5, and we'll have it for you with coverage starting at 3.30 here on 6.30. Chad. Lana, uh, obviously, I, I know you know you have a lot of focus on Saturday right now, uh, but what else are we looking at? Like, Are we going to have the drop-off donations at the malls and all that stuff going soon, or where are we at with that? Right. The big white boxes that Instabox donates, uh, you'll see them out in the shopping malls and uh, Costco, uh, Toys R Us, Canadian Tires, and new this year will be the Superstores, all within the city of Edmonton, and they'll go out on November the 13th. But if you check on our website at santasanonymous.ca, there are already, already some community donation locations, so some businesses that have put out a box already, so depending upon what area of the city you're in. And, of course, you can always drop them off at Santa's Depot and, um, and at 630 Jed because we'll take them wherever you want to drop them off at. Lana, that's awesome. I love having you in the show. You work so hard. You help so many people. And I'm also very excited Bob Layton's doing the coin flip on Saturday. I can't wait for that. Yes, Bob is quite excited to do that. I don't know who's more excited. Bob because he's doing the coin flip or Chris Sheets from Kissing because he's introducing Bob doing the coin flip. Oh my god. So. <laughs> That's going to be crazy. But uh, for, from Kissing Country I will have the, the uh, Sheets cool bus at gate 9 if anybody wants to take a look at that and that's what we're putting all the toys in. So it's absolutely fantastic um, and just one other consideration is a book. Every child gets a new book so that's also an option if you're not wanting to buy a toy. Oh good stuff. Lana thanks so much. I, I hope it goes great on Saturday and I I know we'll uh, we'll talk again as uh, we get closer to uh, the delivery date and all that kind of stuff. Thanks for making time for me. Hey, you bet you, Reed. Thanks for having us. Lana Nordland, Executive Director, 630 Chet, Santa's Anonymous, santasanonymous.ca. If you're going to the Eskimos game, hey, bring some cash, bring a new toy, help somebody out. Really appreciate it. Well, I'm going to do the scoreboard in the Bob Layton voice. St. Louis, 3-2 on Calgary. That's after two. And the Blue Jackets making the Sabres black and blue. It's 4-0 Columbus after two. World Series, it's only in America with one Canadian team. 1-1 Houston and Los Angeles. Top of the sixth. Thanks to Dustin Kaufman, our studio producer. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. 5.30 face-off show tomorrow, 7 o'clock puck drop, Oilers and Stars on Chet. I love you all. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.